0: countries. And so I come here on a Sunday morning, but in the afternoon I'm taking a Kenya flight to Madagascar or to Djibouti or to some place. So that when you talk about Jerusalem, the message I hear in this church could be in any one of the countries that I'm traveling in. So the emphasis today is that you are supposed to have lifestyle evangelism or evangelism that does not fit into September month. It is evangelism that you do through your normal work. The second thing I'm emphasizing is that when God gives you a job, it's your mission field. When you end up in, um, in um, making biscuits somewhere in industrial area, that biscuit-making place is your parish. And when you get fired, it's a change of parish. Now, it's very important to, uh, to understand that once you have finished a job and you're refusing to move next, they might fire you, not because they don't like you, but they are getting orders from God so that you can get a new job, so that you get into a new parish. Because our bishop is not seated here. Our bishop is in heaven, isn't it? And when you, so the emphasis today is to understand that your job is your mission, that your clan is your mission, that your neighborhood is your mission. And I know that if that message can actually be gotten, I think the kind of outreach that you will have is something that, uh, that, that will be mind boggling. My prayer is that this, mo- that this morning, this afternoon, God will talk to you and show you that He has commissioned you. You see, God uses all who know him in evangelism. In other words, I'm emphasizing that evangelism is not for a certain given people. Evangelism is all who know him. In order to qualify to be, to be an evangelist, what do you need? To know him. Just like even people who do not have a gift of giving are not exempted from tithing. Am I communicating? No pastor will hear you when you say, you know, I don't tithe, like pastor. I don't have a gift. Now, obviously, the pastor will be very unhappy. In this. And yet, there are many people seated in this church who have never told anybody about the Lord, and what is their excuse? I don't have the gift. Let me admit that there are certain people who are better than others. Just like when we tithe, you are tithing maybe be ten shillings, but the rich guy is tithing hundred thousand. Now, but we are not the the one with the ten shilling to stop tithing. Are we together? In the same way, when you come to lifestyle evangelism, some people will be better than others, but all of us must do it. That's the message of Acts chapter 4, Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 4. When it says, after after the, 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 the persecution, because there was a lot of persecution in chapter 3 and 4, after persecution, people had to leave Jerusalem to every corner. In fact, the only people who never left Jerusalem were the leaders, the apostles. But the average guy was, they were, they were trying to kill all of them. So they could not stay in Jerusalem. They were scattered. Those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Do you, do you get it? Those who were scattered, some were farmers, some were housemates, but they were scattered, isn't it? Because what you needed to die is not your career. It is the fact that you are Christian. So you moved. But wherever they went, what did they do? They preached. And that's basically what you are talking about. That evangelism is not for some appointed people. Evangelism is for all who know the Lord. Secondly, I want to say that evangelism is not just um, the apostles, but the whole church. The pastors, pastor's job is to train us in evangelism so that we can do the work of ministry. That's the message of Ephesians chapter 4. The work of the ministry is not to be done by pastors. It is to be done by us. I'm sure you have heard me use this example before. That normally the work of a shepherd is to feed the sheep. The work of the sheep is to bear lambs. So if the, if the shepherd is feeding the sheep properly, and they are eating properly, you leave them ten, come five years later they are ten, don't blame the pastor. The problem is these, these sheep, are barren. Am I communicating? <laughs> the, the sheep are barren. If this church does not grow, we shall not as the pastors, because it's not the work of the pastor to bear lambs. Ever heard of a, of a shepherd who, be, who bore lambs? It will be a miracle. Am I communicating? It is not the pastors to do it. It is you and me. And if this church is to do evangelism, evangelism will not be done by the, by the, by the leaders. It will, the work of the leaders is to equip us for the work of the ministry. So, ministry is not done by pastors, ministry is done by the laity. What do you need in order to do this? Several things I've mentioned there. The first one is availability. I want to tell you that one of the tricky things is availability. You know, you are there, but because you think evangelism is done in a certain season, you do not see opportunities to do it. Like I was telling the second service, when I discovered that where God is sending me is where my job is. In other that there are not two. I'm not waiting for a call. When I get transferred, like one day I working, I've been working for another company, I was transferred to Kisumu. I fought the idea until I understood. I was not getting a transfer from our MD. I was getting a transfer from God. I had done enough evangelism in Nairobi. It was time to do it in Kisumu. If I refused, I would not have trouble with my boss. I will have trouble with God. And you know, as we arrived in Kisumu, my wife and I, and my wife had to resign from whatever she was doing for us to relocate in Kisumu. Within no time, things started changing. I was, uh, I was in last week, last, not this Friday, the other Friday, I was asked uh, to speak in a dinner in Kisumu. And who do I meet? But one of the ladies was involved in ministry with my wife. And she was telling the others, I still remember the haters when Mrs. Nanga was here. She is there, she, because we arrived in the city, it was new. There were, not, there were no international meetings for ladies to encourage them to do evangelism and minister. And I went to the pastor and said, Could we start that? He said, No, 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 things don't work in Kisumu. Then she told the pastor, It doesn't quite matter that they will not work after I go. And they were not working before I go, because God will not you accountable. But for the number of years we are posted in Kisumu, God will hold me accountable. So she told the pastor, Just bless us, we'll start. And they started a women ministry that this lady was talking about that went on for decades, not days, so that it had nothing to do with us. After we left Kisumu, because we were on Kisumu for three, for three years, that was still going on. I was back in Kisumu because I was talking in a focus branch dinner that was started when I was in Kisumu. And I was entirely impressed that this is 1987-88. Eight, I'm, I'm there 2008. It's not 20 years. And I'm speaking in the dinner. I'm not communicating. I now have no doubt that my employer never posted in me. Otherwise, I would have done so many things. It was a posting from above. Am I communicating? Yes. When you start understanding availability, that where you go is where God wants you to do. And it's, it's the, 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 that, that's one of the things that we miss. I had just begun a fellowship in our head office. And it was not long. So I was wondering, if I go to Kisumu, what happens to the fellowship that you had just started as a way of witnessing in the company? And I ended up in Kisumu. Of course, Kisumu was a little more difficult because I was the boss, I was the person in charge of the, of the region. So it was a little more difficult. But Bonke came in 1988. And they were asking for, I was involved in the leadership organizing the Bonke Crusade. And they were saying, we want to also do evangelism in the industries. Can you allow us? Of course, since I was reading one place that I said, you can come to our depot. And I tried to play a second role and allow the people to organize. People got saved in the depot. They asked, how do we do follow-up? Can we come every week, once a week? And that's how the Kisumu Depot Fellowship was started. And there's still a fellowship in the whole company, in the pipeline, in Kisumu, after many years. Am I communicating? So I started understanding that a, my wife also, because for a while she was jobless, she started going around wondering if Sunday school does not actually reach the people who, are, who don't go to Sunday school. Are you aware about that? That the children who come to Sunday school don't need you. If the mother could have preached to them anyway. Now, the people who are going need you, the people who are going need you are invested and don't go to any church. So he started saying, what about starting with akakan Because our children were in primary school and they were going to akakan primary school. She was told by a Christian teacher, this is a Muslim school. How would you ever? No, she said, just asked. Realized the teacher was so afraid of the headmistress, could not do. So my wife finally drove to the akakan and she asked the headmistress, is, is there any way where we can minister to our Christian, to our children? He said, you know what then mistress said? You know I don't understand you Christians. Do you know the Muslims and the Hindus? There is a priest who always comes to talk to their, their children. You Christians, nobody bothers. Now you realize, instead of needing to be persuaded, she was really embarrassed. That's how, <laughs> that's how she started the Arakan Primary School Bible Club. And many years later, we now meet grown-ups, because we were small children. We meet them, they have now finished university. They meet Mrs. Nganga, do you remember me? No. How could I? You are, I was in the Bible club in Akakan Primary School. After that, she went to another school. Those of you who know Kisumu, she went to Saverian. Then after that, she went to um, Kisumu Kisumu Primary. She went. By the time we left, we used to say, if my wife wants to be appointed a counselor, not very difficult, because <laughs> everywhere... And those Bible clubs continue because somebody took over and they continued after we go. Can you see the, the posting had nothing to do with the mile the, company? You, but you don't get that availability until you realize that your real job is not to be accountant. Accountant is the, is the one that facilitates the real job. Am I communicating? That really you are, God, God wants you to be a witness, but you can't, if you, go, if you go, start going to my employer and start saying I want to preach, will he allow you in? But if he wants you to be an operations manager, you will be one, isn't it? And that's what, what, as long as you understand that concept, you can see availability. The second one is spiritual power. The reason as to why people don't do evangelism is is lack of spiritual power. Because you need to understand that you cannot win anybody to Christ, like I was saying in the first service. That what the best you can do is. Convince someone. If you are very good, very clever, you can convince somebody. But I still remember my first coffee house in the University of Nairobi um, in 1974. And uh, I had not been used in high school, um, you know, that kind of evangelism. You try to witness to someone in the university, they start reasoning with you. They start debating it. I was not used to that idea. But in the coffee house, they started debating. Then I realized, I said, God, give me the ideas. Any question they asked, I was able to, to answer. After the end, the non-Christians kept quiet. Any more questions? None. Can we now lead you to Christ? Oh, it says, never. <laughs> I, that's the time I understood convincing is not convicting. You can win every argument. Then tell him, can we now pray you receive the Lord? He says, never. What's wrong with you? Now, it, important, I understood. The work of an evangelist may be convinced, convince. Only the Holy Spirit can convict. And nobody will ever know the Lord until they are convicted. But you see, the work to tell is not God's work. That is your work. So that in your place, when you understand that, that Jesus is not asking you to save anyone, that's none of your business. Your job is to share Christ. Are we together? So you need spiritual power. And that's why you don't just go telling anybody. Even if it's somebody you know very well, you pray first before you tell them. Spiritual power. The second one is commitment to all-time mentality. That's what I was telling the young, the young people. The idea that you understand during a war, not just good soldiers go to fight, even weak ones. Am I communicating? Wartime mentality means that you look at a person and you realize that he may be dead in a time. If he dies without Christ, his blood will be asked of you. Isn't that what Ezekiel, Ezekiel tells us? That you are watchmen. If anybody dies without you telling him about the danger, their blood will be required out of you. When you start getting that concept that's what I'm calling wartime mentality. When you understand that during peacetime only qualified soldiers go. They even measure you are you high enough? You know, remember the struggle of entering the army? If there was war between Kenya and Tanzania even weaklings would be welcome in the army. Nobody is allowed not to go to the army. The church has lost wartime mentality. That's why we only have experts to evangelize. How many can they evangelize? And anyway, like I was telling the first service, even if the whole church is involved, we are still too few, isn't it? Because you're a very small percentage. So who among us would not have that water management when you start understanding that not to tell somebody about Christ? And by the way, you may not save them. Your job is to share. You know, a lot of us actually go ahead and say that people have rejected Christ. I discovered people have not rejected Christ. A lot of them don't know about Christ. You know, I start talking to someone, and he says, me getting saved? Surely, how can I wear a long dress? Now, that's when I understand, is the understanding of getting saved. Because their mother has a long dress and is saved. They assume whenever they get saved, they say, long dress, long dress. Now, basically, that's what, that's what they actually here Because the understanding of salvation is wearing a, wrong, a long which is also a wrong one. It's very important. <laughs> It's very important to understand that a lot of people you say have rejected Christ. The Christ they have rejected is the Christ of the long dress. Am I communicating? Yes. And never tell that your neighbors have rejected Christ until you explain clearly what it means to know the Lord. If after that they still reject him, you can say they don't want Christ. It's very, very important to understand. You know, that, that idea of wartime mentality is very important because I think it's something that means, you know, when you look for unrich people, You'll miss them. But I still remember one time I was doing, uh, from our London office, somebody came to do an operational audit. And uh, he once he was in, in Kenya, I was asked to take him around our depots because I was the manager, I was the one in charge of the, of the depots from head office. And uh, so we, I suppose I, I started witnessing to him like you would expect, isn't it? If you're going to be together for two weeks, what else? Now, when we arrived back, before we could make a presentation to the board, we needed to see the director in charge of the area we were covering. So we went to see him as a way of be, uh, briefing him before we go to the, board, to, to the boardroom. And uh, what this uh, Muzungu said, he said, Wow, You gave me a preacher for, for, for a consultant companion. <laughs> that, that, that. Of course, I wanted to make a joke out of it. He said, No, 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 no. I was saying, No, he says, this, uh, this guy is a preacher. Now he's telling my boss. My boss, you know, of course. So then, I, I, as a way of weakening the thing, I, t- I said, Uh, I said, but you know, even my boss, even him is a Christian. Do you know what my boss said? And he's a Kenyan. It's many years ago, so it's not something recent. He doesn't even work there now. He he, he said, John, be serious. Me, I'm not a Christian. Now, he told the visitor, me, I'm not a Christian. Say, now, don't make a joke. I'm sure, even if you you go to church. He says, me, go to church? Yes, I don't, John, I don't go to church. (laughs) Now, I realized that I wasn't really making headway. The next, thing I, I said, the next thing I said, surely, are you telling me when your cousin or your nephew is wedding, you don't go to church? <laughs> the guy looked at me and said, John, let me tell you I go to the reception. I don't go to the... <laughs> now, I wondered now why I started this discussion. Now, but I wasn't going to be beaten. You know, those who know me know I can be persistent. I said, now tell me, where there is a funeral... Don't you go to the church for the funeral. Say, said, John, I don't. I go to the burial ground. <laughs> and I realized I was totally defeated. Do you know what the discovery I made? Especially among the senior executives, they are a totally unreached people group. Afterwards, after the Muzugu had gone, I decided I would have a time with my boss and discuss. And he explained to me that from the time he left A-level and he studied abroad, he has never been to a church that was about 25. By the time we were talking, it was 25 years, and he had never been inside a church. Then I asked him, does anybody ever come to your house to witness? He said, nobody can come. In my house, and I had never visited him, he told me, he, by the way, he had a gun. So, he, <laughs> so it's not a place you can just go. And then he told me he had such serious dogs, nobody can ever go there. And even his relatives, he had told them not to come without ringing. And those days there were no mobiles. <laughs> That, that's basically. He explained to me literally, nobody can ever tell him about the Lord except in anger. Are you getting the idea? <laughs> because you're a workmate, isn't it? I still remember one holiday, one April holiday. I I I was I was I was I had gone. I, I'm involved in a group called CFF, Christian Families Fellowship. So every April in Brackenhurst, the families go together to have time of renewing their their marriages. So they, and if, I would really recommend you if uh, next April you can go there. But anyway, I came and then you, the people are talking. They're talking. To my my boss, ah, where do you where? How did you spend your 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 your, your, your Easter? And Of course, he was willing to tell me. And then he said, then John, where are you? I explained I was in Brackenhurst for a Christian meeting. Now, he said, surely, John, somebody of your seniority, that's the way you spend a weekend? (laughs) Now, surely, how does it happen? You know, he told me, John, just explained This thing of yours. You know, earlier I was explaining and running, explaining. Now, he told me, sit down. Tell me, this salvation business, who does it? mean. He went over to his secretary, those who had before the, the, the open plan system. So we had offices. So he locked his, uh, his office and told the secretary not to disturb. And for the next one hour, I had the privilege of explaining the gospel for Kwaki <laughs> He got the HR manager rang him. He told him, I'm in a very serious meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had gotten tired of my small arrows. He wanted somebody who can explain clearly what it means to know the Lord. Am I communicating? But that only became available because of the previous time. Now, you need to understand that if you have to wait for people to come to Valley Road, they will never come. You must go to River Road. Am I communicating? <laughs> it's, very important, it's very important that you understand that the people you are working with are an unrich un- people group. And unless you actually start doing something about your office place, you know, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations. There is a nation that is not being reached especially the senior executives and, you, and professionals it will be the need a, so we are talking about wartime mentality where you cannot fail to tell someone because you read their difficult days and of course the other problem is that life of integrity if you if you don't have if you have a life of integrity and I'll be coming to that in a minute how do you gain this agency this idea of agency where you are involved in ministry continuously not because you have a salary because you feel that is a call of god the Christians need the message of 2 Corinthians 5.11. I don't have the time to really read. I would encourage you to read uh, 2 Corinthians 5.11-21. It lists a number of ways that you can activate your sense of urgency, your sense of conviction to be involved in evangelism. The first one is the fear of the Lord. The reason why you are capable of not witnessing to any one of your relatives is because you don't, don't fear God. Because if God has told you to be a witness and you fear him, can you afford not to tell him? It's, very, it's not to tell the other person. The fact that you don't have the fear of God, and I know there is fear and fear, but it's very important to understand that the Bible uses the fear of God, not the love of God, but the fear of God. To know there is a day of judgment, when the what Ezekiel says about the blood of others will be required out of your hands will be required. And I think it's a very, very important thing for you to understand. When you start having realizing that you have to do, like I was telling the the second service, that you realize that you don't have the privilege of choosing whether to witness or not witness. That in the fear of God, you have to do what God has asked you to do because he'll give you the power to do it, isn't it? I think the sense of urgency will come. The second one is the love of Christ. That you love Christ so much that you would want to do to love the people he loves. Am I communicating? You know that some of the friends you have is not just because you are, well, your wife tolerates to them. You never have anything to do with it because you love your wife and your wife loves them. Is that mathematics? <laughs> you know the the one you love, your wife the one you love, and he has somebody else they love. You are also likely to no. just the same way the one that is hated by your friend, the enemy of your friend is your? <laughs> Am I communicating? Now, so if you got so loved there. That he gave his only begotten? Can you see the love of Christ will drive you to love the world? Am I communicating? So you cannot be happy to go to heaven. Let me repeat here what I've said before. If you are happy to go to heaven alone, that's not Christ's heaven you are going. One of the ways of knowing you are going to Christ's heaven is you are not happy to go to heaven alone. That's my third point. The reality of man's predicament. Now, when you start understanding, and I, I don't have the time this morning to deal with it, that what non-Christians are going through, and some of them are in this church. You know, I was talking to, to somebody who is, uh, whom we left, university, we left university more than that a years ago, and of course got married within the first five years. Now, there has been another 25 years, more than 25 years of being married. And somebody tells you, I'm now on my third wife. Not that he is polygamous, but every marriage breaks. And he says, John, are you not lucky? What are you lucky about? To have a wife like Rebecca you stay with and you know she was to be with you until death, do us? Part. The non-Christian tells you to marriage is one major problem. Not that they don't want to be married, but they can find a woman who can be trusted. Am I communicating? I know ladies think they are the ones in trouble. Men are in trouble. Serious? Trouble. To get somebody they can trust in. Now, another one was dealing with another person who says, I have a wife. We start a business, and she starts siphoning the money out. Within all time, the business is down. And she's still smiling. Now, it's very important to understand that when you come to Christ and your wife doesn't cheat on you, not because they can't cheat on you, but because they fear the Lord. Am I communicating? Can you see the privilege and the predicament of knowing the Lord? So that when you go to evangelize, it's not for your good, but for their good. When you know what you have, and I think that's one of the problems. We don't know what we have. You don't realize the fact that I can, you know, another time I was asked, John, are you not lucky? I said, what? Because of the, my workmate. You can go home every evening. I said, it's your house. You bought it. You paid the mortgage. Can't you go home? He says he tried, and he went home. <laughs> Within two hours, it's like his Set very expensive certain. has nails. He says for that a minute, and he starts going to Caromindo, wherever you know where Caromindo is. And he says, you'll come back after midnight, after wasting all the money. He says, you can stop it. John, I said, I have tried. I cannot stop. It's not a man in predicament. When you, don't, when you realize what it is to be born again. By the way, there's a song we sing that even if there was no heaven, I would still want to serve him today. So that salvation is not just about heaven. The, to live and earth and enjoy it, you need to be saved so that even if it turns out there was no heaven, I would still want to be a Christian today. And until you start understanding that salvation is not about heaven, to enjoy earth, you need Christ. I want to tell you you'll start going to somewhere because it's very selfish for you to be enjoying this that you can go to sleep after you have been fired. And you just go to sleep and you sleep properly. Why? After you are fired, you know a change of parish, isn't it? And you are waiting for posting orders. Am I communicating? Well, another guy has lost a job and they are hanging. I hope their legs, not their neck. It's very important to understand. It's very important to understand the privilege of knowing Christ is not with none. How I many people sit there here and they can't enjoy it? Why they have never made themselves to be God's responsibility. Because when you become a Christian, you surrender all and what happens to you from that moment is not your responsibility, it's not your father's responsibility, it's God's and when you know it's not your responsibility you can face the future even with many many challenges but you know there is no challenge you'll ever be alone, you are going to be with Christ if you knew the predicament those who don't trust in Christ have would you want not to tell them and you need to understand about your responsibility as an ambassador isn't it that's what 2 Corinthians 5 is saying. He is saying, we are ambassadors. Therefore, to evangelize the people around us, we need to be present among them. That's the first thing I say. You need to be present among them. And that's why, that's why I discourage the idea of people who just hear the call to stop their job. Not knowing that their job is their mission station, isn't it? That you are supposed to be doing a job that Christ has sent you. You need to be present among them. There is no way you reach the lost unless you have friendship evangelism you are able to be with them am i communicating because you know it's very important to understand they must hear you they must get to know you so the first thing is be present among them number two be willing to proclaim tell them about christ number 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 four be somebody who can persuade because if you know what this person needs like your child says i don't want food but you know they need food do you tell them it's okay Go hungry if you want. Now, if you really love that child, you, those of you with small children, I know what you do, you run around. Beep, 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 beep. Now, what are you doing? It's not going to your stomach. It's going to the babies. But you love the babies, isn't it? And that's what you need to understand, that when you become a Christian, and you know this person doesn't know, and doesn't know that they don't know. Now, it's a poetic. Now, it's very important to understand that the danger with an un-Christian, he doesn't know, and he does not know that he does not now, So what do you do? Tell him, I don't want and you run away. If you truly want people to come to know the Lord then you must go to the, to the gear of persuading. Are we together? And then finally, something I have noted in the book of Acts Paul went to Athens What did he do with them? He reasoned because one of the things because we want quick salvation we don't want to engage an unchristian and reason with them. No one approach is enough. You have to go to everybody so proclamation that is not backed by righteous life will not work and Good actions with no proclamation of the gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit will not lead anyone to salvation. So, you need proclamation, but you also need to live a righteous life. So, evangelism, if it's to be biblical, it might be your lifestyle. It is not something you do on a mission field because there is now, there is now, what do you call Mozambique? So, we now are evangelists, we come back. And we are not evangelists. You know, I still remember the days I stayed in Kisumu. There was another mission. I was involved in many missions. And this was an American group coming. And you know there was something interesting? I was hosting some of them. So they are in my house. In the evening after people are saved, they come and tell me, hey, 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 you know, I have never witnessed to anybody in my life. Today, you know, Kenyans are easy. Now, that's what the white man, the white lady, the the, the, the young people said. And I said, what? You have never witnessed to anybody in America and you now pay the bills to come and await And of course, because after two weeks, you are going back. Can you see there is no solution? You need to understand that you don't begin evangelism after we make you a missionary. Evangelism is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 4 to 6 talks about Paul defines what evangelism is. And he says it's an honest, open statement of the truth. So when you say you are evangelizing, you are honest, open statement of the truth. You do not choose somebody who give him the whole gospel. Number two, it is a way of declaring that Jesus is Lord. You need to be aware that when you become a Christian, you are not just saved. You have a Lord, isn't it? And when he becomes Lord, it means you don't do what you want. You do what he wants. If somebody is Lord, then you never say no, sir. You always say yes, sir. sir. So when, when, when God is leading you to witness to someone, it will be important for you to understand His Lord. So evangelism is accepting God, uh, the, Lord, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then it is given in the power of God, I talked about that, and it is a way of pleasing, pleasing God. Secondly, it's also controlled by the love of Christ. I think I've already covered that, isn't it? And it's also a way you persuading people, 5.11, and done through love. And, it's to, and you are seeking to be reconciled to God. The word evangelize means to proclaim the gospel, to spread the good news. So you must believe you have some good news before you go evangelizing. Let me just finish with talking about what evangelism is not. Evangelism, evangelism is not defined by positive response. I already covered that. In other words, you are not a good evangelist because of the number of people who got saved. You know, one of the things I don't understand and I've been involved in ministry for more than three decades is I go to a place, I think I have a heavy anointing, I preach, and I tell people to get saved. Not even one is saved. Then somebody tells me to preach and I've not even had the time to prepare. Like I remember when I was living in Kisumu, I, was, I, live, I come from central province and I'm going, to, I'm going to Kisumu. Then I wanted to go to, I wanted to, to the family to go for the service in, in, uh, in Kisumu. But then we were unable to make it. So at Kericho, we looked for a church to enter. I entered the church which was meeting in a hotel and sat to enjoy the service. Then as the service is going on, the pastor says, we are very grateful. We have a visiting speaker. So, of course, I, I am I'm looking around to see what the visiting speaker is. And then finally, the pastor says, Brother John Nganga was my friend in Nairobi. I'm so happy to have him. He's our speaker today. <laughs> Remember, I have no sermon. I have no sermon. But you go to stand and people get saved. You say, What are they getting saved from? <laughs> what did they hear? Am I communicating? Clearly telling me it's not my message, it's God's conviction. Are we together? And it's very important to understand that you don't define your evangelism by how many people got saved. Like now, our excitement are not the people who got saved in in Mozambique. Our excitement is the number of people who had the gospel. Am I communicating? Because the saving was not the group, the team's work. The saving was Christ. The job they did, as given by God, was to share Christ, isn't it? Evangelism, therefore, cannot be defined by positive. Number two, evangelism is not deceitful and cunning. In other words, you trick somebody into the gospel. Some of the messages you are hearing on the TV are simply cunning, isn't it? Come to Jesus and you'll never get any problem. And the guy never slept last night because of the girl; uh, his daughter was sick. It is cunning and cheating, isn't it? Yes. Let people know the full gospel. And there may be even more problems. The only difference is you will not have the problems alone. You will do them with Christ. Am I communicating? Yes. You, you, you evangelize. It. It's not trying to be cunning to get anyone in. You know, I still got, invo- I got involved in a, a mission to the University of Nairobi some years gone by, and for a whole week, students were getting saved. But not a single one of the people I dealt with was, was not back, a backslider coming to Christ. And that's why at the end of the mission, I said, Kenya is becoming a nation of backsliders. And even now, go to the street and try to witness to anybody. Chances are, whoever gets saved was saved before. Am I communicating? It's very important to understand that part of the problem is evangelism that is deceitful, isn't it? Once somebody is in, they realize what you told them is not what the gospel is. It's important that you understand evangelism is not deceitful. Thirdly, evangelism is not distorted. We, we share the whole truth. And fourthly, evangelism is not optional. It is not for some spiritual elite. To know God, what an evangelist needs is to know God, learn to love him, Build a love relationship with God and that love relationship will motivate you to share with others. He, but number two, you need to love the people. You cannot be an evangelist who does not, who does not love the people. There needs to be a desire for them to, for them to be born again. And um, some people are more lovable than others, others less lovable. Now you need to understand that when you go to evangelize, do not check the size of the nose. It's anybody. Am I communicating? <laughs> You know, sometimes you feel like, that lady is so good. Even if she was saved, that would benefit. So that's the one you are trying to save. But she's not getting saved. You need to understand that just like in your family, you never made a choice about who was to be born by your mother, did you? So some of your brothers, you you are embarrassed that they are your brothers, but they still are your brothers, whether you like it or or not. In the same way, in the church of Christ, you are not given the privilege of choosing who Christ is going to save, isn't it? And it's important to, to understand that you need to love all. And next, you must know where the people are. If you are going to evangelize somebody, don't start telling him about God created the heavens and the earth. If he's a nominal Christian, he already knows that, isn't it? So in evangelizing, the first thing is, know where the people are. Where are they? And I think it's very important. Then realize the hopelessness of even the religious. You know, the Bible says, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know what you are actually saying is, you need to understand that a Muslim, like during this holy month of the Ramadan, they are serious, isn't it? But you can be serious and seriously really wrong. It's very important to understand. It's very important to understand that being religious, and there are also people in the church here who are so good, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't even run after people's mothers, even their daughters. It's very important to understand they are just good people. But if they don't know Christ, they are on their way to hell. hell. It's very important for you to, to understand, to differentiate that. That there is no other name. And until they accept the lordship of Christ, they are still on their way to hell. hell. And then, secondly, I'm saying, if you really want to do lifestyle evangelism, you must engage the non-Christian world. And that's to the advantage of uh, people who don't work in church. Um, And please understand that You need a message It's very important that you spend time Getting to understand the gospel And then finally I'm saying you need to plan For evangelism to happen in your life Opportunities will appear if you are ready for them In a conversation Ask the question like What are your goals in life What I'm trying to say is that Nobody will come saying Please evangelize me There are very few Some do But there are very few It's very important to understand You must take the initiative Are you getting it? And of course, some of them will do something. Like we do, uh, every estate I have gone, I've always done house-to-house evangelism. And by the way, it's the easiest, in the sense that you go up here and somebody gets, Who he says, Who are you? They want to throw you out. You say, I'm from house number 10. Oh, come in. <laughs> Earlier, it was more difficult because there were no security meetings. But when, when the, the, the rogues started becoming many, even neighbors want to know one, another. So now you enter inside. Once you're inside, he says, what do you work? What do you do? Now you find a method of finally going to pose a question. Of course, one of the problems of evangelism is when you go to somebody's house and you talk about PNU, then PNET, then ODM, and OMT. Now, when you, when you, by the time it is 8 o'clock, you have told him nothing about Christ. I picture them like my daughter who wanted to know, to know how to dive. I took her to the swimming pool and she got to the swimming board, And for a whole that of minutes, she is <laughs> swinging. I see you must dive. Says Papa, I'm still going to dive. Now, you need to understand, a lot of us, are evangelism is swinging the board. <laughs> and for the last five years, we have been swinging the board. You are still hoping that your boss will know about Christ. He will never know until you tell him. Are we together? It's, and it's very, very important. Every, then the next thing you must know that every personality is an ad, has an advantage. In other words, don't say that, oh, you know, evangelism is for the sanguine. If you like personality traits. You need to understand that it takes every type of a person to, have to save every type of a person. Are you getting the message? So that if you are a quiet person, then you are a very good evangelist. Because there are people who don't like noisy people. You need to understand if you are shy or uneducated, or you may even be a child or someone who doesn't know how to say things, it can be very convincing because he or she speaks from the heart and can dealt with him. You know, people who know how to package their message, you doubt they are serious. Are we together? But the shy person doesn't know how to pack it. They speak kikuyu English, and obviously you start understanding this person is not properly trained, but they are genuine. You are likely to win somebody to the Lord better than the trained people. Are we together? And I'm saying even a child, the fact that your child reaches you, I still remember my daughter going to one of the schools here in Nairobi before we went to Kisumu. Is in strategy two. I think it's strategy two. I I can't remember. Then she came and told me, Papa, give me a Bible. I'm a Gideon, so we give Bibles. Give me a Bible. I said, for what? One of my classmates, an, an Indian, wants to read the Bible. So what they were doing over lunch hour is my daughter, and remember these are, these are eight-year-olds, small children, they would run to the, to the cool field for my daughter, she was in Sunday school here in this church, for my daughter to read the Bible to the other person. Then the, the other girl said, I would like to have it. Let me take it home. She took it to her mother. Then the mother said, we must hide it, because the others must not. So they were just reading the daughter and there. Where Nganga cannot reach with his degrees and his seniority, my, my, my eight-year-old reached. Am I communicating? So you start understanding that understanding that, that there is none of us who is not going to be required to be involved in evangelism. Now, let me say there is still a false type of evangelism. False lifestyle evangelism teaches that we witness with our lives rather than our lips. And this gospel, because it's actually being taught even in Bible school, they say that confrontational evangelism is the one that is destroying the church of Christ. So just live a good life and you'll be okay. We need, only, we need only to live a good, consistent Christian life before they are saved. And eventually he will notice in us something that will cause him to want to trust Christ as Savior. No such teaching is found in the Bible. Nowhere from Genesis to Revelation has we ever been taught that anybody can get you, and let's ask you people who are born again here. Any one of you, the best that an un- a Christian, good Christian life does, is to track you to a church. But somebody must talk. Am I communicating? And um, if you think I'm the one saying it, a good, a good consistent Christian life gives credibility to witness. Are we together? It only places you in the swinging board. You must dive. Am I communicating? because It it just makes you available. If you start witnessing after living a good life, people are going to listen to you. But in of itself, it's not a witness and was never intended to lead a soul to Christ. Actions speak louder than words, they say, but they only speak louder if they amplify the words. Just like this mic. It's a microphone. It It has an amplification system, isn't it? Let me say nothing. Is it amplifying? But when I say, Jesus is Lord... It amplifies, isn't it? You need to know actions speak louder than words if they amplify words. And if you say nothing to your workmate about Christ, live as holy as you want, it will never get him to Christ. The best they can say is, he looks like a Christian, but it will never be to them. And I think it's important. Let me just, in case you think I'm coming up with this, because I know it is so different, because a lot of us, because of the number of phoney Christians, we are, in order to emphasize righteous life, We have gone overboard. You need both speaking and righteous life. Let's read 1 Peter 1.23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. What is preached to you? One is one to the Savior, not simply by observing the life of a dedicated Christian, but by the word. Are we together? Then Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by observation. Is that what your Bible says? That they will watch me, and they will get faith. That's not in the Bible. For people to be saved, it's not by observation. It's by hearing. Yeah. And don't quote me. Quote, it's not ngangaism It's the Bible. Are we together? 1 Corinthians 1, 21. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God is being pleased not to save people through someone's lifestyle. It is pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So that if you sit there thinking that you are good life for anybody, that's a laziness. It's It's a gospel from hell. And you need to deal with it as a wrong gospel. Romans 10 goes on to say, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without? And that's what you are. That's scripture. So people, and I know even from this pulpit, I've had people, especially from industry, emphasizing, you don't need to say anything. Just live a Christian life. That is good for them. It's not in the scripture. The scripture wants you to live a Christian life in order to gain credibility to share the gospel. It will attract others. It will not necessarily save them. Now, so I just go through several steps and finish. Step number one, start with self-evangelism. And I think I've emphasized that long enough. The priority, the priority must be established in keeping intimate relationship with the Lord. Step number two, do indirect evangelism. In this case, it's where we are saying your lifestyle will, will start attracting. Are we together? Step number three, value evangelism. Start exhibiting a value system. Your, core biblical, your values become core biblical values. It will attract others. Then finally, step number four, target person to whom you plan to share the gospel. Begin praying for the target persons. Invite them to small groups and special programs. Small groups, why? That's one of the things that's a major reason for our Bible studies. And I know we have more than 200 Bible studies in this church. The idea is that when you form your Bible study, it becomes the basis to invite neighbors, isn't it? But some of us enjoy our Bible studies so much Will not, the, the, the fellowship will be spoiled if our non-Christian neighbors come. It's very important to understand that the idea of Bible study is so that they can become a witness within that place and finally share the gospel. And I think it's, um, it's, it's important that we, as we finish, you ask yourself what are you doing as a lifestyle evangelism? Let us pray. I want to give you just a moment of prayer and meditation. I have said many things but I'm sure the spirit of God has told you something. What is it that he has actually told you? You may be a Christian like me, I've been saved for about 40 years. But are you really involved in evangelism? You may be, be a Christian who, involved, who has been a Christian for four years. Are you involved in evangelism? Or maybe a Christian who has, who has just been saved for the last four months. You still are needed for evangelism. In a wartime mentality, we cannot afford anybody born again. Who is not sharing the gospel with others? And I know for various reasons, you may not have been doing it. But you know, the goodness, the goodness of the Lord is that He is willing to forgive us. And having forgiven us, to empower us to live a changed life, isn't it? But it will require you to start with repentance. Is there somebody saying, Brother Nga, pray with me? I'm seeking God's forgiveness. My life will be different. And my family, anybody who comes my way in my family, my clan, I'll know that's my parish. My workmate will be my parish. My neighbourhood will be my parish. But I need God's help. Forgive me for my past. I want to get God's help as I go into the future. Is there somebody saying like that? Would you like to put up your hands so that I know there's somebody specific I'm praying for. The Lord bless you. Anybody else? The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Up there. The Lord bless you. Thank you. The Lord bless you up there. Put down your hands. Is there anybody else? Just before I ask Brother Kenga to come to pray, who wants to be included in the prayer? You are saying, even me, I am seeking God's forgiveness. Don't put up a second time. But is there somebody who's saying, Brother Nganga, I want to be included. I want to go out. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Don't put up a second time. The Lord bless you. Anybody else up there? The Lord bless you. You are saying, I want to include in the prayer. I want my life from now onwards, my lifestyle to be evangelism. To discover that my job is my mission field. My business is my mission. The Lord bless you. Brother Kenga, just pray for us.